Father in heaven, we thank you for giving us this opportunity that you have summoned us here, Lord, by your spirit, that, that we have this chance to come before your throne. Let us find mercy and grace to help us. It's always there for us. We need to look for it sometimes and just know that you are helping us. You didn't call us here for no reason. You called us here to help us, to impart to us, to enrich us, to strengthen us. And we receive that in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So we're going to mention for the last time this month. Amen. Our, amen. Our offer for the month of October. It is Women of Power. And this is $12. And you get the Office of the Prophet for free with free shipping. Amen. And uh, be blessed, be encouraged, be enriched. Amen. Uh, gain knowledge and understanding. That's always good. You know, knowledge, um, power usually follows knowledge if it's put put into action. So it's always good to gain knowledge. So that's what God has for us. You never know it all. Amen. Amen. So praise God. So we're going to continue our message um, on the corresponding action to your faith. In order for your faith to produce there is a corresponding action to what you believe. And it it sometimes will not make sense to the natural man, but it, it does to a degree. It'll be something related to what it is you're asking God for. But it also is something that the Holy Spirit gives you to do. It's not just something we make up uh, to impress God with how faithful we are or how obedient we are this is an action that corresponds to what you are seeking god from and your faith is leading you to do these things and so um it's always good to understand that god knows exactly what's needed and when he knows exactly what your resources are he won't require you to do something that you can't do and he also will not require you to do something that will put you in a worse place than you were before. You understand what I'm saying? There's there's certain fruit to to God's uh, instructions. And so uh, he wants us to prosper. He wants us to increase, be blessed, be healed, all of the above. And And so when God leads you to do something, it will result. And you're receiving what it is that you're asking for. He won't leave you dis- disappointed, discouraged, or uh, without something. And, and he won't lead you around in circles. Uh, you know, the, these kinds of things, you know, it's people sometimes come up with wrong answers in situations. And they, they cast a negative light on God or cast a light on him that, uh, you know, just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I know. Uh, I remember I was a much younger Christian, and and uh, people would say things like, uh, people say, "Well, I felt the Lord telling me to go go this place or that place, and when I went there, nothing happened." And uh, you know, somebody said, "Well, maybe He just wanted to for you to see if you were going to do it." Well, what sense does that make? You know, I mean, as a human being, would you do that to somebody? You know, God's obedience for us. Ends, ends, has an end result of our benefiting and prospering out of it. Amen. Uh, Acts 10.38 tells us that everything he does is good. Amen. He went about doing good 
and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. When God's with you, you go about doing good. Who evaluates good? The person that needs something good done for them. You know, we can evaluate whether something is good or not good as far as our needs are concerned. And so uh, I think when God does things, they're purposeful things. They don't, they're not testing us in a foolish way, you know. So uh, we need to understand that when God gives us something to do, the results of it will be, be in line with what we're seeking, what we're asking for. He doesn't want to disappoint us because he promised to provide for us every single thing that we need. And so his his instructions will lead to what it is that we're seeking him for without fail. So if you can turn to Second Kings chapter 5, and we'll go through another example here of corresponding action. Uh, we were mentioning, we went through the uh, several examples, the woman with the issue of blood, we said, um, it seemed that everything she did, when it lists it, all her actions and sequence, it looks like she heard of Jesus, she went, she decided, and she got. You know, it just seems like it happened boom, boom, boom in in fast motion. But then we we examine it, and examining it, there's no time factor mentioned in the word. Uh, when she received her healing, she gave her testimony, and she told how that healing happened. And so we can assume that it may have taken uh, days, months, weeks, or it might have happened all in one shot. We don't know. But there is a sequence to things happening. And the first thing we, we realize is that everybody who receives anything from God has to hear about Jesus. You have to hear that God wants you well. You have to hear the word. And so the, everybody that received their first step was hearing. And you got to put yourself in a position to hear God's word. Uh, it just won't come to you with you running from God. Uh, seekers always get what they come for. Amen. Everybody who seeks finds. So it's good to be a seeker of God and a seeker of what he wants for you, what he wants you to do, all of the above. And so um, Jesus said, everybody who seeks finds, everybody. So when you seek him with all of your heart and you do it in faith and understanding and, and expecting good from God, then then we know that God responds to that and then he will, will begin to respond to what it is that you desire. And so this pattern of hearing and, and uh, 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 Listening and, and saying and then receiving or doing what it is that you need to do. This is what the woman with the issue of blood did. She heard, she said, and she did. She heard about Jesus, what she heard, that he was anointed and that he would heal anybody that came to him believing. Amen. And so then she said something. She said within herself, well, I think if I can just touch his garment, I'll be whole. And she was determined in what it was like no two ways about it. And that's the way faith is. Faith is also confidence. So she was confident that if she did this, she'd get it. And this is where the way we have to be. And see, this is faith that's fully persuaded. 
This is the Abraham brand of faith. Amen. And this is the brand of faith that will will receive your inheritance for you because you are fully persuaded God's the only one that can do it. And he told me to do it. And if I obey him, I'll get what he told me I'm going to get. No questions asked. No, no doubt about it. And so when you get to that level of being convinced and you continue along that vein, the corresponding action will be revealed to you what you need to do to get that final manifestation released into your body, your your home, your life, your pocketbook, your children's lives, anybody that you're praying for. Uh this is this is how it it make it operates. Uh James said faith without works is dead. So this corresponding action is what brings your faith alive. Your faith is alive within you to a degree. But you want to bring that that somehow when you do an action that puts you more in contact with the natural realm and then what you need from the natural realm manifests in your life, if that makes sense to you. When you believe you receive and you confess, that's all spiritual. When you get up and move and and get towards something and do something, that brings a natural component to it. And so that brings it actually into your life. Amen. And so there's always a natural corresponding action that will bring it into your life. So in Second Kings chapter 5, we see the story about Naaman the leper. And uh, this is an interesting account because in, in Naaman's, you'll see a little bit different twist on it uh, in Naaman's situation. But the basic uh, movements are the same. The basic formula or the basic steps in in how God leads us to receive what we need by faith. It says here, now Naaman, captain of the host of, of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. And he was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid, and she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said to her mistress, Would God my Lord were in the, were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. And one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus said the maid that is of the land of Israel. You know, God doesn't care how you hear about him. He'll put you on the grapevine. He'll put you on, uh, you know, YouTube. He'll put you on, you know, preaching, of course. You know, when we come to meetings, you hear about the things of God. But, but that does not limit you. Where you are located does not limit God from reaching you and helping you. See, he is there to help everybody. And so here this this little uh, story gets on the the king's, the, the uh, nobleman's um, household grapevine where all the servants now are buzzing about there's somebody that can help our master. There's somebody who can help this man. And it's it's interesting that the servants want to help him. You know, now you think about it. Uh, how, what do you think about most of the bosses you ever had? I mean, before you knew the Lord. I mean, of course, later after you know God, you know, you can, but, but pretty much people look up to supervisors, 
people who own things, leadership, there's an antagonism from one level to the next level. They boss you around. Are they nice? Are they not nice? Do they speak? Do they care about you? All of that stuff goes through your head. Why? Because you're dependent on them for something. Dependency always brings a little negative reproach with it or a little fear with it. So when people are dependent on somebody, say like, you know, your your boss or a parents or, or people in authority anywhere, there's always this negative vibe about it. You know, you can tell because you can easily go in the coffee room and get in a conversation where everybody criticizes the boss. Amen. And so this is how people generally treat power and authority. There's a negative slant there. There's something about this man, though, that is different because all the servants tend to buzz about wanting to help him. And so God will give you a level of favor with man that will cause you to be looked upon in a favorable light so that somebody will want to help you when you need his help. Amen. Because it could easily have been, oh, you know, this is, they, oh, he's a leper, you know, he must be doing something wrong. You know, people criticize when you have faults, when you have failures, when you have sickness, anything like that. They're they're quick to want to say, just like when, when Paul was shipwrecked, he got, he survived the shipwreck and he went to put some logs on a fire and a snake, a poisonous snake bit his hand. And the people who were just the people on the island that he had just gotten to watched him. And most of them said, oh, see, he must be guilty of whatever he he was, you know, convicted of because he survived that shipwreck. And now he's going to die because the snake bit him. And after they watched him for about an hour or two and he was still walking around in very good health, they wanted to worship him. Oh, he must be a god. He survived. You know, you understand what I'm saying? The opinions of man always flip and flop. God allowed these servants' opinions to stay favorable toward their master. You got me? And you don't know if it's something, maybe it was the way Naaman governed over them. Maybe he was extra kind to them, or he might not have been. But somehow, this man found favor with the right people right there in his his uh circle and these people weren't like hired people that come in and at the end of the day they check out and go home and be with their family they were all slaves so they have been captive and captured and yet and still god allowed favor to come into these people toward their master so here the hand of god is unique and unusual in many many ways and we'll see that many times in our lives when we have a need. God will will have that need met through some unique and unusual means because he has to favor us with someone in order for us to receive many of the things that we need in life. They come because somehow people smile kindly upon you, look kindly upon you, and that's God working in them. And so when she starts this this news that she has she knows there's a prophet in in samaria who can help naaman and cure him of his leprosy now anybody who hears good news like that you know you can have one one uh uh reaction or another uh, you can either say oh do you know i, I don't believe that people have told me that forever this stuff is incurable 
somehow Naaman responded positively to this news. And really, that's where faith starts, is with a positive response on the inside of you, knowing that there's hope for your situation. See, where there's hope, faith will come into play at some point. You start really wanting something, and pretty soon God will start to deal with you that that is possible. There's there's a way for that to happen for you. There's a way for good things like that to come into your life. It's not impossible. It's not unique. It's not out of out of reach for you. So where hope comes in is where you start to think to yourself, boy, this this maybe this is possible. And once you start thinking possibilities, God always shows up with faith. He will show up with the rest of what you need, because many times we think sometimes only people who really know God really pray can get anything. Are you kidding me? People can get God can raise up intercessors. He can raise up. He just the Bible says he'll be kind to whoever he wants to. He'll show mercy to whoever he wants to. That's God's sovereign work. If he never showed anybody his goodness except believers, we never would have gotten saved. It was his goodness that brought all of us to repentance. Amen. And we were enemies of his at that time. And so God can speak to, reach, bless, touch, reveal himself. And see, in the process, God is wanting people to know that he's a good God for a reason. Why? So that they can devote their lives to him so life can get better. Don't just go away with this one healing this one time or this one blessing this one time. Stay with God because if you do, your life will get better. So once God touches people with his goodness, he will follow up. He does this himself. It's a sovereign work of God. He follows up with whatever else that they need. And so this man goes in and tells Naaman, this is what this man said, this maid said from the land of Israel. And the king of Assyria said, um, let me see. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. So Naaman goes to the king of Syria. Somehow the king of Syria gets this news. And uh, the king of Syria says, if you go to to the king of Israel, I will send a letter with you. And so he departed and took with him ten talents of silver 6,000 pieces of gold and 10 changes of clothing. So not only was Naaman a mighty man and a warrior, he was also a very wealthy man. Amen. That happens when you do good work. Amen. He was uh, renowned for his valor in in fighting and had uh, done a great deal for the Syrian people. And they paid him very, very well. So he takes what what seems to be like a customary kind of of a gift when you're being received by a king. You know, I always tell people when you get an invitation, never go empty handed. Amen. Always go bearing a gift. If you take something with you, get invited back. Amen. But I'm bum. Amen. <laughs> I learned that. Even when people invite you to dinner, you understand? Take flowers, box of candy. For the hostess, you, you understand what I'm saying. Never go empty handed. Just, just as a way of appreciation. It's not, you're not trying to take over anything or impress anybody or embarrass anybody, but you're going bearing 
a reciprocal gift to let people know you appreciate that invitation. Amen. Because trust me, you can get in there. The Bible says, you know, put take a knife to your throat if you're given the appetite, if you're invited to the king's table. You know, you can get a bad, you can be invited with goodwill and leave with a bad reputation. But if you always come bearing gifts, you're always invited back again. And you'll leave there with a good good reputation. Amen. And so he takes all of this appropriate gift for for meeting the king and he brought the letter to the king of israel saying now when this letter has come to you behold i have therewith sent naaman my servant to you that you may recover him of his leprosy anybody ever go to the wrong place for the right thing this happens when you understand what i'm saying when when we set out say if you if you get sick you might have access to say you're in a church that doesn't pray for the sick but on television you start looking at these people that have ministries that pray for the sick and you see them get testimonies come back where people have been healed well that's what hope in your heart that'll happen for you so you go to your church and you ask about it oh healing went out with the with the apostles amen you know, no, God doesn't heal. Now, if he decides to heal you, he'll heal you. But if you, but that's not what you think you've been exposed to already. So these things become tests for us. Because really, to be honest with you, your faith at this level, at the level Naaman is and at the level most people are when they first start healing say you've been in a church that doesn't believe in divine healing well your first taste of it or your first exposure to it more or less you're you have more of a curiosity than you do a faith let's think about it if faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of god where would you get it from Except in this one little place where you heard it on television. You didn't get it in your church. In fact, they're telling you in your church it doesn't exist anymore. You got me? And so at this point, your faith is so small, it's more on the level of a curiosity to see if it's real that people get healed anymore. So you're putting to the test what you've heard from these strange people on your television. And the most of your experience is from the place where they say it doesn't happen. Now, this is a very common scenario for Christians, folks, for church people. There are millions of people who are in churches where they tell you, no that that went out with this and that no we don't believe that we don't teach that here we're this and we're that and we're the other and so most people because of what you've heard what you've been exposed to all of these years the first time you hear about healing you hear jesus the healer you're more curious to know if it's really real than you have faith for it to happen to you even though it's good to expect it the first place you go, when you get there and it doesn't happen, now you've got a decision to make. Do you continue to seek God for your healing or do you let them put throw cold water on it at the dead church 
and tell you it's not for for us anymore and it doesn't happen anymore you just wait if god wants to heal you he'll heal you if he doesn't he doesn't you got me can anybody say amen so this is common this is how faith grows it grows by hearing that little bit that you heard on television and that little testimony where people call in and say, when you got that word of knowledge about so-and-so, I claim that for myself and my symptoms went away and I'm healed. So you've had 15, 20 years of experience in the dead church telling you God's dead and he don't do stuff anymore against this little nugget that you just got that gives you a little bit of hope. That God still does, and if he does it, will he do it for me? So your faith then is put to the test. Your faith has to be challenged, and and you've got to hold on to God's word to cause your faith to grow, to get it to the place where you can receive total manifestation of your healing. That's why we have delays That's why the first time you pray for something, it doesn't miraculously appear in front of you. Why? Because you're more curious to know if you can have it or not than you are really sold on the fact that God has it for you. Don't ever play these 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 uh, situations cheap in that, you know, boom, boom, boom. This guy got everything he wanted. Boom, boom, boom like this. Or the woman with the issue of blood. It came boom, boom, boom like this. Because, see, if you do that. And you start to look at your own situation in comparison to it, you'll start losing confidence that you're even doing anything right. Because what's taking so long with the woman issue of blood? It just happened. With Naaman, it just happened. You don't know that. You don't know the process. But I'll tell you one thing. God is just. He's holy. And he's not putting you through anything that's not necessary. When you have to be tested, when your faith, your faith must be tested against unbelief, against other people's doctrine, against religion, against the status quo, against the the, the political talking points or whatever it is that you're up against in your faith. It's going to have to be tested to see if you're going to hold on to believing God or you're going to let it go and go back in with the crowd. And see, if you let it go, if you're just curious and you let it go as a curiosity and you never continue to seek, faith continues to seek until it finds. Amen. And so when you start start out in this walk of faith, God is watching you to see if you when he gives you this little nugget, I don't care how small it is, he's going to watch you to see what you do with that little nugget of word that that he's planted in your heart are you going to keep fanning that and let it grow or are you going to let the dead people put it out with their tradition and with their all that stuff when jesus preached if anybody followed him they kicked him out of the synagogue now see and people get upset with that but they did those people a favor When you start believing the word and believing the supernatural of God, our God is supernatural. He's not a dead God. He is very much alive. When you start believing that and people turn against you, that's the biggest favor they could ever do you. 
and i don't know why it is we can dislike people in the church and talk about them and all that kind of stuff but then when they start turning against us then we all of a sudden we want to be included maybe god's doing you a favor and said nope this ain't the place for you i'm gonna lead you to the right place keep seeking amen so when you get that from god it's your signal to keep seeking amen don't try and stay in the dead place and tell people you're supposed to be a light there they don't want light there huh it it was kind of funny this was back in the 70s or 80s it was a while back but uh, brother copeland uh, tells a testimony about this uh, uh african-american preacher friend of his that he said that he got an invitation to a church and when they he got there and i don't know somebody hadn't seen him or something they invited him he got there and the pastor told him he couldn't preach there it was in the south somewhere he couldn't police preach there because he was black and he said brother copeland i just got so upset and angry he said i just bust out start crying i went outside the church to start crying and i said god they won't let me in there and god said they won't let me in there either So in other words, keep moving, brother. Consider yourself schooled. Mark that one off your list that you don't have to try and beg to get in anymore because God's not going to go in there to help you even if you did get an invitation to preach. Amen. So it's good to be kicked out of some places. Amen. It's good to be told you're not wanted there. Persecution comes with the power of God. Amen. It just comes with that. And so get used to it. Don't take it personal. Amen. As the mafia says, it's only business. As they, <laughs> as they break both your legs with a baseball bat, it's, don't take it personal. Amen. And so this is what happened to Naaman. The first place he went was a no. Amen. A no-go. A no-show. And so it says here, um, uh, where am I? Oh, yeah, it, it, it says in verse 7, it came to pass when the king of Israel read the letter, he had a, a meltdown, tore his clothes. Am I God to kill and make a lie? This man knows nothing about healing nobody. He's had He's got hot and cold running servants. He is not a servant himself by any stretch of the imagination, let alone and anoint somebody anointed to heal. Now, he's anointed to rule. God is with him there. But God, and this is a good lesson for us. You can't make your favorite place to go be the place where you get your needs met. You know, this is what keeps many, many people tied into sickness, into uh, poverty, into lack, into ignorance, is because we have these preference ideas about where God is and where he's going to meet us and what he's going to do for us. And we got too much imagination sometimes. God does not bless your imagination. He blesses faith and the things that add to your faith. He blesses his word. He blesses people who respond to his power. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Howard. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Almost, Miss Avis, one more step, you'd have been there. 
Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, just let her take her time, okay? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Howard, why don't you go ahead and help them, let the guys. Yeah, there's a certain way you have to work with people, you know. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, I think she reached to grab the chair before she quite got there, so. Yeah. You're good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you grab under her elbows, she'll be okay. If you're going to pull her up, grab under her elbows. And Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There we go. Yeah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Yeah, let her get settled first and then yeah. Before before we leave, Avis, I'll just walk you around a little bit, get your strength back, okay? All right. Praise God. Okay. So with Naaman, as we were saying, he was sent to the wrong place for the right thing. Never doubt that you're going to get the right thing even though you go the wrong place. And see, this is what causes frustration with people sometimes. This is what causes um, uh, them to quit, to give up on what they're believing God for because they are not allowing God to decide 100% 
how things are going to get done in their lives. And so once we, the worst thing you can do is have a preference in anything because you never know how God's going to move. You have no idea who he might use. Amen. Now, there are certain things that he does for us, period. You know, if he assigns you to a local fellowship, your needs will be met there. If there's a a chance that you have a need that won't be met there, you need to really pray and ask God if that's, that's what you need. You understand what I'm saying? Because he doesn't have people running here, there, and everywhere for nothing. But if for some reason you cannot get, say, a basic thing like your healing, amen? Now, this is one thing I see people do, which I think is is incorrect as well. God, they say that uh, they want to do a ministry, but they can't do it under so-and-so. See, that's always a red flag to me because people think that they have these strange ideas about what ministry is. Do you understand what I'm saying? What they're usually saying is, I don't want to do what they're requiring me to do here. And they want to go or they want to because I've never seen them do any ministry. I've watched people when they leave and I'll ask God, God, is are we not preparing people like you want us to? Now, you should be doing believers ministry, all of you. There's nothing stopping you and from praying for the sick, leading people to Christ, filling up the pews. How about that kind of action? And see, many people will say, well, yeah, well, see, I, I, God called me to a ministry, but they won't let me do so and so and such and such. Well, I can't stop you and I can't make you. God has to give you an anointing and release you into that. So if you're paying the price for the anointing, the rest of it is up to you and God. What else happens after that? You're not sitting around waiting for a ministry. You need to be preparing yourself. You need to be studying. You need to be praying. You need to be asking God exactly what you are to be doing. But in the meantime, go tell somebody about Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? And many times there's that's the the most that most people are called to is a believer's ministry. You're not you're not waiting on anything for God to put you in a pulpit. You know, that's just a false vision that many people have. When they think ministry, they think pulpit when i think ministry i think go go fix a a peanut butter sandwich for somebody that's homeless see that doesn't go over very big you understand what i'm saying i mean (laughs) come on folks peter's mother-in-law had a fever she was sick and jesus healed her And the next phrase says she got up and ministered to them. Did she get up and preach? Grow up, folks. Come on now. It's a common trick of the devil. And he pressures people's minds and pressures them. You ought to be doing this. You ought to be doing it. Well, look, she's doing it. You can do it. You know. It ain't that easy. I mean, you can try it if you want to, but it ain't an easy job. Number one, God's got to call you. You go somewhere and he didn't anoint you and he don't show up, you dead meat. You wish you hadn't showed up. Amen? (laughs) The anointing makes everything easy, but you got to qualify for that. I can give that to you. God has to give that to you. I can release it in part, but if it remains on you, that's up to God. You got me? So, you know, there's, there's a whole lot to it. 
you know, a whole lot to it. So you you gotta gotta know that you're called to do these things. You can't just jump up and do stuff. Amen. God doesn't allow it. You know, they wouldn't allow you to do that in a hospital. If you one day got got a job as an orderly and you decided you want to be a doctor, you got to go to school. Just because you feel like a doctor one day, they ain't going to let you get up and start taking care of people. I felt like many things in my life. You know, I sit up there, I watch the Olympics. I feel like a figure skater. Huh? But I ain't figuring nothing. Am I right, Poppy? You can't just be jumping up, assuming stuff. Amen. It's called being called and paying the price. And God will release you in, in due season. I see people waste many years where they could have been doing good for God, hoping that a door that was never appointed to them opens for them. You got me? Don't waste your time. So here Naaman is, he's being, his faith is being tested. You have to go beyond the level of just being curious about something. Then you have to step over into another level of faith in that thing before you can receive exactly what it is that God has for you. And so when we when we look at this situation with Naaman the leper, amen, here he is, he's going to the wrong person for the right thing. But somebody in his position is is almost on the same level as a a ruler is because he's a ruler of an army. Those people were high profile people. They were uh, very highly respected people. He was in a place of dignity and honor in his normal everyday life. And so the king, because the king wants to please him, he's one of his top men. He says, well, let me deal with people on my level and see if I can get a door open for you. So he assumes if you're king of Israel, he don't know what the people over there really believe. The Syrians were were heathens and the Israelites served the true and living God. So the king of, of Syria just thinks, well, let me talk to the head man over there and, and tell him what we need over here. And so he's dealing on his level. Sometimes people will will deal on their own level when they give you advice or they give you counsel or give you something like that. But the Holy Spirit is the one who can let you know where that open door is, where you need to go to get to that open door, how you need to to receive what it is that God has for you. Many times when we first started the ministry, we we had meetings wherever we could find space. And there were people that would come and say, well, where's your meeting at? And you'll say, oh, it's in so-and-so's house, you know. Oh, it's a house, you know, and, and you know, just like God can't show up there. You understand what I'm saying? Or there's something lesser as far as value is concerned about where you are. And that's never true. God can be anywhere he wants to be. But the people who were really hungry for God came. And the people who are hungry for God will respond to that invitation from God. And this is something Naaman is going to have to learn. It can't all be done on a high level, you know, that's that's fitting of his position. Sometimes you got to humble yourself and just go where God tells you to go. 
respond to who God tells you respond to. So Naaman has this kind of like, you know, Kardashian thing about him, for lack of a better term. You know, the camera's on me all the time. I got to have my makeup all the time, camera, makeup, you know, whatever. Um, he's like that. He's used to being fluffed and puffed and, and catered to. Amen. Even though he's a leper, he's got some, some perks in his life. And so he gets a no answer at the, at the king's palace. Amen. And this infuriates him. Many times when we get, I've seen it when we used to take buses of people to Benny Hinn's meetings. For many years, God would have us to, uh, uh, go different places for teaching and training. You know, those were our training years and learning years and, and being obedient years. You know, we, we, we put a lot of people on buses that once you got them where you were going, you were, you were scared. You understand what I'm saying? It's because you, it's kind of like, well, this person looks like they might be going for God, but we ain't sure. You know what I'm saying? And so you, you got to humble yourself too in order to learn what God wants you to learn. But we had to fill the bus up. See? And God will put you in those places. I believe we, we had to fill the bus up to prove to God that we were hungry and we would do whatever was necessary. And we would try to get other people there. It wasn't just for us, little group. God wanted more people there. And so he compelled us to continue to find people until we got those buses filled up. And we always did, you know. And if we had weird roommates, we survived it. Amen. We, we, we lived to die another day. And so, <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you know, when you get around the world of religion, it's some some characters out here. You understand what I'm saying? And so uh so that's where Naaman is. He's he's in this place where he's 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 at a disadvantage because of this disease. It makes him an outcast in many ways. And so but he's got other things going for him that kind of make the, make up the difference for it, you know. I mean, if you got to be a leper, be a wealthy one. If, if you got to be a leper, be, be one that's got a palace and servants and all, and and has an end with the king, and so he's. But God's going to have to strip him of those things that he depends on for his position, for his attitude, for his all of that has. Because why? Because leprosy is is a it's caused by a spirit of rebellion, and it's tied to rebellion and witchcraft for that reason. Amen. So lepers were outcast because they were rebels to begin with. They were they were the ones that that wouldn't go to school on time, even though they got in trouble and mom and dad came to the principal's office all the time. The ones that barely graduated by a thin line. Amen. Uh, because they just never would submit to anybody, had their own ideas about everything. And so this is this is the typical leper and they rebel against God's laws, too. And this is how they wind up with that disease. It's symbolic of rebellion and, and outcast. And so here he is. He's needing to be healed. And his servants want him to be healed. There's something about him, though, with all of his, you know, his pretense and his perks and his attitude and his power that, that their hearts are touched by him and they want to see him well. 
Amen. And and God has to reveal people to us. You know, you can't go by what you think about people and how you feel when you're around them. You have to let God reveal people's hearts to you. Amen. And it says here, the king of Israel uh, is is upset because he has no power to recover him. Uh, uh, and he thinks it's a setup by the king of Syria where he wants to come and and fight him again. You know, he's had enough fighting. And says in verse 8, it was so when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he sent to the king saying, why are you doing this? Let him come to me and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. So he's going to a, a different office to get. So he has to be directed to the right place. And this happens to us many times when we have needs. We're going to the the right, the wrong place for the right thing. Amen. Try as we might to get on the right track, we we wind up in the wrong place. Amen. Or sometimes places are they feed you for a season and then you know they don't anymore. You know you find that with your favorite uh, minister with you know that's on YouTube. You know after a while you've heard their same sermons a million times so you got the message you know their message now and and so you you have to understand that god has a way of feeding you and getting you the things that you need so that you can can receive your your blessing or your promise so the the uh, king the prophet of israel elisha finds out what's happened and so it says here in verse 9, Naaman came with his horses and his chariot and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. So he's humbled himself. He gets a no answer at the palace. So now he's going to take a step down, you know, lesser lesser situation. Prophets live where they live. I can tell you Elisha probably did not live in a palace. Do you understand what I'm saying? Um they live where God tells them to live. And so for Naaman, it's probably not, mm, you sure you want to go in this joint? You understand what I'm saying? And on top of it, Elisha sent a messenger to him saying, go and wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall come again to you and you shall be clean. And Naaman was angry. And went away. Why? Because he's been turned down twice. He didn't get it at the the uh, the uh, Pentecostal church, and and now he didn't get it at the non-denominational place. You got me. He's not getting it where he thinks he should get it, and he's had enough. So he's angry. He went away, and he said to himself, "I thought he would surely come out to me, and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God." And strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. So this idea of you've already got it mapped out in your brain how your healing's going to happen can do nothing but frustrate you and disappoint you and tire you out. Because God's ways are not your ways. And his thoughts ain't your thoughts. So you can put all the way, uh, put away all your little thoughts that you had about how it's going to work out. You can put away all your little plans about how long you're going to give God to do this for you. Huh? Put all that away. 
because God is going to do what God wants to do in the way he wants to do it so that you can receive it and you can keep it. Faith works by love. When you walk in love, you humble yourself to God and you do what God tells you to do. Every in in 1 Corinthians 13 it describes love. Everything you look at takes humility to carry it out. Patient, kind, endures uh, with long-suffering endurance without complaining, without giving up. Doesn't seek its own way, doesn't boast, doesn't brag. Doesn't you understand what I'm saying? All that is a description of a humble person. How can God's love work in your heart if you're arrogant and prideful and thinking you deserve this and you got to have it that way? And go to Burger King if you think you can get a healing over there. You understand what I'm saying? But when you come to God, you got to do it his way. Amen. And God is not just making you do stuff to see if you're going to do it. He's having you do things because you need to do them so you can get what you need and then you can hold on to it after you get it. God is looking long term. He's looking at people that know Naaman and that will come around him in days to come and say, well, what happened to that? I thought you were you had leprosy. What happened to you? And he begins to tell a bunch of heathens about a holy God that healed him by one of his prophets. And they say, huh? Oh, no, that didn't really happen. That's impossible. You can't you don't get healed like that. Do you understand what I'm saying? It takes a miracle. And miracles don't happen like that. People don't get involved when miracles happen. It just comes on you out of nowhere. You see? So Naaman's going to have to have enough humility to take on the people that might challenge him after he's received his healing and challenge himself when he keeps looking at himself to see if he's really healed. Because that's what people do. When it comes upon them, their soul, your soul may have a difficult time handling the fact that you don't have to be an outcast anymore. As you, you know, you get those old habits of what, how, how did he used to, they used to bring his meals and leave them and he would come and, and eat his food alone. All that kind of stuff. Whatever it was that he had to do, he's got to go home now and break old habits. He's got to start acting like a really heal people. And if he can't humble himself and do it, He'll pick up fear about that illness again and eventually take it on. You understand what I'm saying? And so we we have to understand that God has method to his, has purpose to what he's doing. So Naaman, because he's angry now, he's had it in his mind that the prophet was going to do it this way. And the prophet didn't even talk to him. At least the king talked to him and had a fit, had a meltdown and made him leave. But at least he got in the door. This place, he don't even get in the door. And besides that, it ain't no palace. So he's been rejected at a lower level than he's accustomed to. Amen. And many times God will send us to places that don't look like they know God up in there. Then people walk around and dance too much and hear the weeping people at the altar and all this. But man, the power of God is so thick in there. You understand me, what I'm saying? There have been a lot of places I've gone in and God met me and I was scared to go in there for a minute. Do you understand what I'm saying? Or you hug the wall until you God tells you it's okay to quit hugging the wall. You understand what I'm saying? And so, it's, you know, a lot of places are not your idea of where God would meet you. 
but God will meet you there. Why? He wants to humble you. So you get out of your big head. You get your big ideas taken down a few notches. God can't use them. So he lets you know he can't use them. So he wants to go and dip in a river that's clean. He wants to go to Damascus. Like many people want to stay in their church and get healed. And they don't believe in healing there. But they're they're dyed in the wool, whatever their denomination is. Amen. So they're going to stay there, whether they get healed or not. So most people, when it comes to the supernatural, wind up being tagged as just curious. See, they're curious. They're not really in faith for their healing. So you just get marked off of the, checked off of the curiosity list. So, and God does not honor curiosity. He honors faith. So he's got to find a way to get faith into you. Amen. And and it won't happen with you holding on to your own ways of how you want it done. Amen. You don't have to take it the way God sends it to you. And so he turns and says, oh, these rivers where I live are, are cleaner. He said, how come I can't do it my way? Why can't I go wash in a, a river I'm accustomed to and get clean? The Jordan was kind of a turbulent river. There was mud, you know, it's pretty muddy a lot of the time. Amen. Until it settles down. And at this time of year, it probably was full of mud. But, and so he turned and went in a rage. Probably one of his problems of why he can't get healed. A healing will not settle in on an angry person, a person with a, a bad temper. It, it, he gives grace to the humble. Being fired up and mad because you can't have things your way is not humility. So here his servants now, who probably are accustomed to calming him down when he throws his tantrums. You got me? They know their role. So they come and they intercede for him. See, when you come to that place where you, you've tried to step out in faith and you didn't get what you were looking for. You need somebody to intercede and intervene for you. Or you need to ask God, intercede for yourself and say, God, I didn't get it here. Does that mean I can't get it? What does this mean? Amen. So here these little servants of his come to him and entreat him as a father because they call him father. Respectful. My father, if the prophet had bid you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much rather than when he said to you wash and be clean. And he listened to them. See, they probably had, you know, sometimes you have to take your help where you can get it. Any of you parents, you ever felt sick or something and been whining all day long and your little child comes up and prays for you? Mom, i pray for you, lays hands on you, and God heals you. That'll make you get up off your bed and walk. Amen? <laughs> Absolutely. And so God will send who he can send to entreat for you and to help you and he listened and he went down and dipped himself seven times in jordan according to the saying here it is the corresponding action according to the saying of the man of god now actually naaman had two corresponding actions in before he got his healing going to the king first See, that was a corresponding action because that was a door 
that could have led to an answer. He didn't get his whole answer, but he got part of it. Because once the king was upset, they run and tell the prophet. Amen. That's how how chain of command went. Servants would report on the condition of their master. And so they know if 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 the king has difficulty or has a problem, they know who's there to solve it for him, the prophet, because he can hear from God for him. So they run and tell the prophet who always has to have an answer because that's how that system is set up. He's God's mouthpiece and he is the one who can petition God on the behalf of people because they got to run a whole country of people. They can't let the king be sitting up there with no answers. So the prophet, because he's an oracle gift of God, can petition God for the right answer. For what the king needs to do and God never fails this is his system now we have a little bit of a different system now you know you can hear from your pastor or in any other ministry you can hear for God for yourself but you get stuck you have to go to another man or woman of God that has an oracle gift that can hear from God for you and so here he 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 the prophet he turns it over to the prophet who has the answer Naaman goes in and he comes up the seventh time and his flesh is like that of a, a young child, and he was, was healed of his leprosy. And so the corresponding action, of course, was dip in the river seven times, not once, not twice, not three times, not as many as you think you need to, but as many as the instruction is that tells you to do it. See, many times people are looking for things. Um, you know, God wants you totally submitted to him. To do it twice and stop, that's you want to make that work. So that means the nonsense isn't cleared out of you yet. If you can do total obedience, that means God will grant that thing to you. Amen. There are a lot of people that get involved with the things of God and want to do halfway. See, we want to do the parts that are easy and the parts that challenge us, we don't want to do them or we want to do them halfway. Amen. That's very common with people. They want to do, you know, uh, you know. I remember when when we started, when we first started uh, our our road meetings. We have to go to conferences and empowerment meetings, things of that nature. Everybody was was excited about going. Amen. So you people got on the bus and they came, and pretty soon we started getting this. Oh, my boss won't let me off. I, can I drive? And see, drivers seldom get there. And I tell them, I said, we'd rather have you on the bus. You can drive this one time, but you need to pray and make sure you get your time off. Amen. Because, see, drivers want to come late and leave early. They don't like the fact that it's all hands on deck when we got to break down again. So you might have to tote some bags. And it's so funny. I was, my heart was just it melted. I saw little Gabby. She was, Gabby couldn't have been more than two. And Dan was, was, you know, helping break down and he had some bags and, and, and she, he let her grab an end of the bag. Of course, she wasn't lifting nothing. He's lifting the whole thing. And she's out there. I right? said, yeah, daddy, I'm helping. Teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> and I'm going, mm. <laughs> huh? She caught on at her age. Amen. And we 
got all these people that want to drive and well, I got to get up early in the morning. I, you know, see, little by little, you take a bite out of your blessing. Why would you come all that way? And see, people don't understand what they're doing. You know, disobedience, like Jesus said, forgive them, Father. They don't know what they're doing. When people disobey and they sin, they don't know what they're doing because they wouldn't do it so easily. See, I wouldn't do that for anything. It's like people say, well, you know, so-and-so, uh, you know, they were supposed to send this this offering and it never showed up. I would rather hang myself than not fulfill a vow that even if I had to take my rent or whatever, well, I don't pay rent, but, you know, but you know what I'm saying. If you take something that's designated for something else, don't spit something out before God and not fulfill on it. Are you kidding me? You have no idea what you're doing and you don't want to find out because many times we're believing God for this, this and this to do, but we're not fulfilling our basic obedience to what he's given us to do. You just keep taking a bite out of your blessing. Amen. So the drivers keep driving. You know what I'm saying? Then eventually they can't get there till the last day. Well, why show up? I know you do a little ministry there, but what kind of blessing are you going to get when you're only there for a couple days? You know what I'm saying? I made the musicians quit doing that, and they're not even a part of the ministry. Do you understand what I'm saying? You don't float in here anytime you want to. This is an assignment. I can't float. You can't float. Nobody here can float. Do you understand what I'm saying? These are important things to know. This is why Naaman didn't get, the king didn't have nothing for him. You you understand? He had to be humbled to the point that he was willing to do whatever God demanded he do so that he could get his healing. And God's not just doing it for no reason. It's always a good reason God does these things. He helps us to obey. Absolutely. He he wants us to be obedient. Why? So we can be blessed. Amen. So so you can go to the wrong place, but if you don't give up, God will meet you and direct you to the next place. Amen. I've seen people when we we would have the 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 Benny Hinn bus trips, you know, there were people didn't get it the first night and were upset the rest of the the rest of the meeting. And I'm thinking to myself, just go so you can worship God. Do you understand what? You're getting something out of it. Why are you putting pressure on God where he, in demand where he's got to heal you the first night or you're mad? You don't do that to the doctor. You keep going. If you do that for the doctor, you ain't paying nothing in Benny Hinn. You know, what we were charged for those trips, it was just enough to cover what we had to put out. Amen. So you're not, you give the doctor that much respect. How come you can't give God that much respect? I would just come back to sometimes see people fall. You know, when Benny would throw, he was throwing his coat on people back in the day. And, I, you know, you'd feel that overflow out there where you are. That was a good time to me. Amen. Why am I coming there mad? And then the next night, I'm going to stay in my room. I said, oh, brother. You know, 
then I would ask people, I said, just come. I said, you don't know when your your night is. Just just come. You know, you entreat people. You try to get them to get what God has for them. Amen? Then we would have people that, that would come and, and the first night would get healed before you got in the meeting. You know? I remember that when we, we um, it was in Detroit that one time. We stayed, did we stay at the Westin? Somehow we were taking a people mover to get over to the venue. It was Kobo or something like that. And we had to walk that, yeah, we took that people mover thing. And we had to walk a ramp to get over to Kobo. And there was a woman on there that had oxygen. And she was doing, because we walked with her. I made sure I stayed with her. And she had a tank. And uh she would stop a little bit. And she said, she stopped one time and she said, I feel like I should take this off. And I said, well, God's healing you. I said, go ahead. She took that thing off and she was cool the whole rest of the time. She, Before she even got there, God healed her. So merciful. You, you can't tell me he didn't want that same thing for that lady who was angry and quit. Do you understand what? He's the same God. No respect their persons. But if you put your faith away angry and refuse to use it, what can he do? Amen. Try to send somebody to coax you out again so you can can get what you need. So praise God. Naaman had servants that obeyed God, loved him, obeyed God, entreated him, did what God told him to do and allowed that man to get a miracle. He was uh, Jesus even used his him as an example when he preached. He said, you think Naaman was the only leper? He said, but but God gave his mercy to a Syrian and couldn't help his own people many times. See what I'm saying? And so so he's an example of somebody who humbled himself and allowed God to to use faith, use his own faith to get him well. So praise God. Now, um, I want to give I want us to look at an example that has to do with wealth and receiving your provision, receiving finances. Um, let me see. Genesis chapter 26. Look at Isaac. We're still talking about what corresponding action you need to perform to release your faith to get your miracle. Amen. Genesis 26. It's two. Hang on. No, I don't think that's the right one. Um, I wrote it down wrong. Why don't we go on over to Luke chapter five? We'll look at Peter. Amen. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Luke chapter 5. And this is the prophet's reward, which is real. It's not, you know, everything in the Bible is real, y'all. You know, it's God doesn't put stuff in it. Plus, it's a New Testament principle as well as an Old Testament one. Jesus said, anybody who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. So in Luke chapter 5. 
starting in verse 1, it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, Jesus stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. So the fishing time was over. God will use your free time, your free hands, your free you know, I hear people say, well, I'm not going to neglect my family for us. Oh, brother, here we go again. This drama, you know. I don't watch Real Housewives. And I don't appreciate drama in the church either. You know, where people, I'm not, not going to neglect my family. Well, do you, cook, do you cook three meals a day? Well, that has nothing to do with That's what I thought. Miss, I can't neglect my family. You know, you would have better habits if that's what you was so important to you. But people always think God is going to steal something from them. You know, you're going to be missing something. You know. And, and I understand having concerned about your family, about your loved ones. You know, you want them to do well. You want them to have. But come on now. God has never told anybody to neglect anybody. He takes care of your loved ones if you take care of what he tells you to do. Amen? And most of y'all know you're glad to have an excuse to run off and do something else. So let's be honest around here. Amen? That's right up your alley. (laughs) God said, (laughs) now all of a sudden, God said God said that and go missing. But anyway, here's here's Peter and and, Peter. Peter and the boys were washing their nets, and he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and asked him that he would go out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now here God is borrowing something that belongs to man so that he can do his will in this situation. It's like when when he tells you he wants you to do certain jobs at your church or a certain ministry somewhere. He is just borrowing you. He's not owning you. He's not telling you you can't go home. He's not making you do anything. You got me? He's borrowing. You still belong to you. You can still. Peter could have said no. You got me? But Jesus asked permission. Jesus knows that's not his boat. He's not trying to take anything over. Amen. <laughs> Somebody said that about me one time. Pastor Bob just be coming in taking over your stuff. Huh? No, you still got your stuff. I just borrowed it for a season. So you could get blessed. Amen. See, people don't understand anything. All they know is I had to do something that I didn't want to do. Well, when has that ever stopped you from doing anything? Huh? Bail me out, Poppy. I was going to go somewhere. I don't think I should go there, should I? (laughs) Just don't go there. Gotcha. Amen? And you had fun doing it. But I'm pop. I am my own, but I'm pop. Huh? <laughs> Just the truth. At least you're going to get paid for it if you do it in God's employ. Amen? So Peter doesn't know it, but he's about to receive the prophet's reward. 
Now, God doesn't tell you that up front. Now, do this, and you'll get the prophet's reward. You should know that from listening to the Bible, to, from reading your word. You should anticipate it. You should expect it. Amen? Any seed you sow, you receive back, but the prophet's reward is on a different and a higher order. I don't know why. That's just the way God's system works. I don't try to understand everything. I just try to be obedient to it. Amen? You'll find that. How many of you have found that in your life you got out of some jams? That thing about driving me back and forth from Detroit to I could drive myself. Don't look at me like that. But you don't want to see me do that. Because <laughs> I'm asleep half the time. Be that as it may. Amen. But it, I wasn't putting anybody to the test. You all had a valid driver's license. You knew how to drive it and put you out one little bit. Amen. But but people, it, it amazes me sometimes the selfishness of people. You understand what I'm saying? You know, as if, you know, same thing with if, if you know, I had something too heavy to carry. It's the same thing. You just walk past somebody that's, do you understand what I'm saying? It, helping is helping. No matter what it is that, that God has put before you to do, to help is to help. Praise God. Amen. Now, I'm thinking I want to finish this. Uh, Miss Shannon, I mean, may need another few minutes. I won't say how many. Usually I respect the, but we've been at this four weeks, so I want to get this part at least finished up. So praise God. So so anyway, when when um, he taught the people out of the ship, when he had finished his sermon, he told Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answering said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Then he caught himself whining. I'm tired. Now, see, he didn't say that, but all that's working in people. You know, selfishness. What it means for me. What am I, what, how's I'm going to be inconvenienced? What do I have to do? What, what's it going to cost me? That kind of stuff. See, people do that. And make decisions. And see, that's all coming from your soul, from your carnal man. What's coming from your spirit is probably something like, oh, wow, the master has need of something. Let me see if I can help him. You got me? And and most people don't just ordinarily think like that. you got to train your spirit to respond in these situations. Because, see, if you keep your spirit engaged and you let your spirit respond in these situations, God will prosper you and bless you by leaps and bounds. But many people, your your blessing is sitting over here waiting for you to activate it, and you're trying to decide if you feel like it or not, or if you're too tired or not, or if this is too much to ask or not. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so people who have allowed themselves for their spirit to stay engaged and be trained will get the greater blessing than people who are always thinking about what's in it for them. Amen. Or Pastor Barb always making you do stuff because your mama did. Yeah, I talked about your mama in the church. If she taught you something, I wouldn't have to do it. Am I right, Poppy? (laughs) Huh? 
it's really a shame the church has to take on so much responsibility. People, if you knew God, you would come in ready to do whatever he told you to do. And then what Mary told the servants, said, don't refuse to do anything God tells you to do. It'll do you good. And he says, when Peter, Simon Peter told him, he complains, we told, nevertheless, at your word, it's like, <sighs> okay, you don't do that when God gives you something to do for him. Amen. And he says, and when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and the nets broke. Well, that's interesting. Even though they toiled all night and didn't get anything, this is different. This is a corresponding action to the little bit of faith that they're putting out there. See, faith is an action. It's it's oftentimes more of an action than a heart response. You got me? You can go through the motions of something and it wind up being yours just by having enough faith to go through the motions even though there's nothing happening quite yet. Amen? People who master things. Say if you, you're a chef and you want to learn how to do that little one-handed flip thing. Let the eggs and flip them in the air with just one hand. How many times you think they had food all over the stove? Had to clean it up too before they mastered it. Amen? And so there are things that we we need to just put ourselves through the motions of doing and then eventually your faith will catch on. Does that make sense to you? Because many times we have done it. We've complained and in our hearts, this will never work. I know this won't work. I can't do this. I can't do this. And then all of a sudden something breaks after you've done it like the tenth time or so. And it comes through for you. And so Peter had enough faith to go through the motions because you could see his heart was not in it. He he more or less refuses. He said, we did this already. So that's not an expression of faith. That's an expression of refusal. But the, the odd thing and the unique thing about the prophet's reward, you look at people in the Bible who got it. They got it on top of their unbelief and complaining. Look at the Shunammite woman with the son. She got it. She said, I don't need anything from you. She got it anyway. See, God always pays his bills. If you've ever done anything for a prophet of God, God is indebted to you to give you your reward. Reward is not earned. Amen? Now, check it. Peter would have done different, better if he had added faith. And you always see that in the equation. Amen? Jesus said, what did he tell him to do? Jesus said, cast down, what is launch out in the deep, let down your nets, period. I mean, plural, more than one. And they often had like four, they either had two on each side or three on each side of the boat so when you went out you you meant to get your boat over full when you came back and so and there was like a little bit in this net some in that one some in that one some in that one you had some in all of the nets but when you put them all together you had a pretty decent load 
What did Simon do? He said he dropped down his one net. Amen. So in disobedience on top of. What's this guy know about fishing? He's a carpenter. I don't know. I never seen no furniture. He been making no furniture. We seen nothing. You understand what I'm saying? He been running around the streets preaching the whole time I've been around him. Got me? The grumbles. He he does a little bit of obedience. Amen. When when you, when God puts an open door for you, open for you, you make up your mind you're going to go in full force. You're going to go in believing as much as you can believe once you get in that door. Because God has no limit to what you can receive from him when he opens the door for you to be blessed. Don't go in there and say, oh, all I need is so-and-so. Shut your mouth. Don't you ever say, all I need is. Because you're not at this point, you're not gathering needs. You're gathering reward. And reward is big. You got me? Reward is always bigger than what you sowed and what you did. All Peter did was row out a few feet and, and let Jesus stand there and preach. And then he gets enough fish to take care of him and his company for a long period of time. That fish, they smoke fish. They make sardines and put them in jars and cans. That feed, fish will be there feeding people for many years. And all he has to do is find a buyer for it. You got me? And so he said, and they, uh, when the net broke, Then he had to call his partners from the other ship so they can come and help. And they came and filled both of the uh, ships so that they began to sink. So really what happened was they had to pull them close enough to open that net up so that it spilled out into both and they began to to sink. And I believe those fish multiplied as they were pulling them in. Because there's no limit to the prophet's reward. Look at the shoot of my son. He dropped dead one day and God brought him back tonight. No limit. Amen. There's no limit on what God will do. That thing will take care of you for many days, for many years, for many. Amen. And so when you understand what God has put before you, you'll start adding your faith in there. Huh? Let me see what I can do for Pastor Bard. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. That's just figuratively speaking. But I need a lot of stuff just so, well, no, I don't. I have no needs. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. But anyway, <laughs> no, but but it's real. That's all I'm trying to impress you with. It's real. And, and you may be inconvenienced. You know, I don't know what your schedule is like, what you think your time is like. But servants of God try not to inconvenience you. But if there's a need, there's a need. We all got to pitch in when there's a need. But I'm telling you, your labor is not in vain because God will definitely reward you and reward you in unlimited fashion. Amen? All right, we can stop. Father, thank you for your word and for understanding. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us, keeping us, and helping us to do the things that we need to do at all times. So we love you, Lord, and we praise you. Thank you, Lord, for understanding of your holy word, that we can all benefit from the word, from what you have given us in the word. So, Lord, we thank you. We bless you and we praise you in the name of Jesus. So if I can pray for somebody before we adjourn, we'll do it. Okay, Miss Nolan, I'm waiting for you. I'm going to start over here with Pastor Shirley, okay?
to pray for people online, on the internet. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Be blessed and prosper in Jesus' name. It's all in the anointing. Be led by the Spirit of God, and you will prosper and be healed without fail. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen. 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 Praise God. All right, we'll do our declaration. I don't have Rona. She don't have me. I can't get Rona. She can't get me. Thank you, Jesus. By your stripes, we are healed. Amen, amen, and amen again. It is so decreed. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God.